Blog Talk Radio. It's Saturday, February 20th, 2016, and you are tuned in to another edition of The Missy Show, where your premier source for fun and informative pet topics. I'm your host, Jay, and not joining me, unfortunately, tonight is this show's better half, the lovely Dee. Um, Unfortunately, some of Dee's weekday responsibilities bled over into her Saturday time, so she wasn't able to join us for tonight's episode. And I really hate that because she had a lot of good research she'd done for um, last week's show. As you guys know, this was originally scheduled to air last week, but I'll go into detail about that in just a little bit. I mean, this is a night episode due to some surprise plans that my hubby had for us during the day. So, you know, to keep things from being rushed, I decided to, you know, just push the time up for this show. So that's why we're coming on at 10. Um, Before we continue, um, just let me go ahead and apologize for having to cancel on you guys last week. Um, I was having some sore throat issues, and I just wasn't sure if my voice would be able to make it through the whole episode, which is still a little shaky now, but, hey, we're going with it. Um, The weird thing is it was already sore last Saturday morning when I woke up, but, you know, it wasn't too bad, so I just figured, hey, you know, I can still do the show. Everything will be fine. You know, I'd already done all my PR stuff on all our social media pages, you know, because I just like to send out some tweets and put some stuff out there just to remind everybody, you know, about what time the show comes on and, you know, which episode it's going to be and everything. But um, after I woke up about two hours um, before showtime, because I usually, like, try to take a nap or something, my throat was on fire. So uh, needless to say, I decided to reschedule the episode and, you know, just kind of take some Theraflu. So I think I kind of headed it off. You know, unfortunately, my sister actually has strep right now. So hopefully she's feeling better. And thank goodness mine didn't go to that point. But, yeah, that's what was going on last week. So that's why I ended up having to reschedule the episode. Um, But we're back tonight, or I'm back tonight, and ready to go on with last week's scheduled episode. Um, Tonight's episode is titled Bad Breeds, What's the Real Story? So we're going to be taking an in-depth look at dog breeds who've gotten bad reputations because we just really want to see if there's any truth to these negative beliefs. So we'll try to, you know, answer that as best we can. Um, But before we start, I want to give out the answer to yesterday's pet trivia question. Um, The question is, what weird animal holiday is celebrated every February 18th? Okay, and here's a hint. It involves a cow. Um, Usually I could kind of hit some stuff off of Dee, but you know what? Actually, Dee already knew the answer to this one because she reminded me the other day that we actually covered this odd animal holiday on one of our past episodes. I think it, it was our episode called Little Known Pet Holidays and Observances. So if you're interested in going back and listening to that one, I mean, it was a pretty cool show because there are actually some very odd animal holidays that I had no idea existed, and this is actually one of them. Um, and another weird thing, I've written up a nice blog entry about the animal holiday on um, Wednesday night, you know, and I intended that to be my um, 
my featured pet blog entry, actually, because I'll usually do that one on Thursdays, you know, when when I'm actually able to. Sometimes I'll combine it with the pet trivia one. But I've written it all up Wednesday night, and all I was going to have to do when I came into work on Thursday morning was just publish it because normally, you know, I just actually on Blogger, it saves each entry, you know, as you're going along. It periodically is saving it. So it was saving it as I went, and even as a precaution, I'll go in and manually save it every so many, you know, words myself. So for some reason, when I got to work on Thursday morning, it had disappeared because it was supposed to show up as a draft. So that whole blog entry just kind of had to get scrapped. So what I decided, instead of trying to rewrite all of that, I just decided to use it in yesterday's pet trivia entry. Okay, so the answer is February 18th is cow milked while flying in an airplane day. And I'll repeat that. It's cow milked while flying in an airplane day. So that's an actual animal holiday. And a little bit of the background with that, and this came off of Wikipedia, but there are plenty of other articles about it. Um, Elm Farm Ollie was the first cow to fly in an airplane, doing so on February 18, 1930 or 1931. Certain articles say 31. Um, as part of the International Air Exposition in St. Louis, Missouri. On the same trip, which covered 72 miles in a Ford trimotor airplane from Bismarck, Missouri to St. Louis, she also became the first cow milked in flight. This was done to allow scientists to observe mid-air effects on animals as well as for publicity purposes. Wisconsin native Ellsworth W. Bunt milked her, becoming the first man to milk a cow mid-flight. Elm Farm Ollie's milk was sealed into paper cartons, which were parachuted to spectators below. So there you go. (laughs) There's a very odd animal holiday um, celebrated on February 18th. So it is cow milked while flying in an airplane day. Um, If you got that one right, um, you definitely know your animal facts. Uh, Check out next Friday's pet trivia entry on our blogger page at she'sautority.blogspot.com and she'sautority is spelled S-H-E-S-A-T-O-R-T-I-E so that's she'sautority.blogspot.com If you want to join in tonight's conversation, you can call us at 347-838-8313 or you can listen later in the archives at blogtalkradio.com forward slash she's a torty. Links from information used in tonight's broadcast will be posted after the show, um, more than likely probably tomorrow morning, um, on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash missy.show44 or on our Twitter page at twitter.com forward slash missyshow. I also wanted to remind you guys that we're taking a break next Saturday, so we will not have a Missy Show episode next Saturday, but we will return on March 5th with an all-new episode about pet DNA testing. And hopefully we should be back on at our normal time of 5 p.m. Central. So that will be on March 5th, and we're not having a show next Saturday. Okay, so before I go into this show, I just wanted to say this episode is called Bad Breeds, not because I'm saying, me or D are saying that these animals are bad breeds. So, you know, just wanted to clear that up. 
The title is only based on the bad raps that these dogs have been given. So we're just trying to find out if there's any truth to all of that. So um, what I'm going to do first off is list the most common dogs who keep showing up on these various lists of the most vicious and aggressive dogs. And this first list, there's a lot of different lists out there, and I was trying to find some that were more reputable, but um, at any rate, this particular one is off of thedailybeast.com, and some of the dogs who are listed on there, um, we have the pit bull, of course. Um, it's one of the more common ones. We have the chow chow. We have rottweilers. We have the akita. Bull Mastiff is next. We actually have Greyhound. I think this is one of the um, few lists where I've seen the Greyhound show up on there, but it seems as though I have heard things about the Greyhound. Um, there's another dog called the Briard. Never heard of that one, or Briard. There's the Malamute, and that is a type of sled dog. I've actually seen that one show up on a couple of lists. Um, there's the Siberian Husky, the Australian Cattle Dog, the Dalmatian, and actually this is one of the only ones that I've seen with the Dalmatian, but I'd also heard that a Dalmatian can be aggressive. I've, I've heard that before, so the Dalmatian shows up on this one. Um, there is the Mastiff. There's also the Old English Sheepdog. There is the Belgian Shepherd. There's the Great Dane. Then the Border Collie. The Doberman, yeah, that's another one of the ones that we're used to hearing. There's the German Shepherd, and there's the Sharpay. So on this particular one, there were 19 of them, and they have their formula on here as to how they came up with their statistics. And they have, um, I think they got some of, um, I think this is based off of some of the registered animals with the American Kennel Club, and they, they also got this from, I guess, articles about, Mainings because, of course, there are a lot of dog bites that happen that don't get reported. So these are, of course, ones that were reported. Um, so they're also they're counting um, child victims, adult victims, mainings, and deaths. So I'm not going to name, you know, the statistics for each one of those, you know, but you can check that, off, check that out on thedailybeast.com. Now on this other, there's another list. This one's only nine. And I just want you guys to hear some of the main ones that, you know, just show back up. And this one's on dogtemperament.com. Of course, the um, American Pit Bull Terrier um, is number one on this one. The Bull Mastiff appears again. Of course, the Rottweiler appears again. German Shepherd, um, the Husky, Chow Chow, Doberman Pinscher. So all of these, the Akita, all of these were on the other one. Um, the only one that, that wasn't on the first list is this one, the Wolf Hybrid. So there are some dogs out there that are actually half wolf. So, of course, this dog has um, also gotten a bad rep, too, although not as common as a Doberman or, um, or say, the Pitbull. So getting into this, I mean, it's a lot of information out there. Um, and I really did not come to conclusive evidence one way or the other because you have two different camps. You have different camp, you have one camp of people who feel like pit bulls, Dobermans, and um, other dogs like that. They are not um, necessarily inherently more aggressive, but some of it can be more so about their upbringing and, and whether they were abused or whether they were 
um, raised to be aggressive, whether they were uh, raised to participate in dog fighting. So they're um, kind of coming more from a place of, you know, it's just more the environment or, or bad rearing that or the dogs weren't properly socialized. Um, let me come over here. Let's see. I want to pull this one up about, now this website, this um, is called dogsbite.org. So on this particular one, I was reading about the pit bull. Now, this is one of the sites that's sort of more anti-pit bull, and, and, you know, they kind of present more of the negative side about pit bulls, and, and they give their evidence as to why some of the things we hear about pit bulls are, are true, some of the more negative things that we hear about them. And let me go here to pit bull myths. Now, this is their myths. Um, their myth number one on dogs org is it's the owner, not the breed. Let's see. No, myth number two for them is it's impossible to identify a pit bull. Myth number three is human aggressive pit bulls were cold. And myth number four is fatal attack statistics about pit bulls are false. Also, they have uh, myth five, the media conspiracy against pit bulls. And myth six, pit bulls are not unpredictable. Um, pit and myth number seven, pit bulls do not have a locking jaw. So all of these things they're saying are myths and that these things are actually true about them. Um, myth number seven um, is one that I think we've all heard. Um, there are some camps that say it's not so much that the dog's jaws lock, but the terrier in them, I think I was reading on another website, terriers, they tend to, when they do lock down on something, they tend to bite and then shake their head, and that's what's causing more of the damage. It's not so much that their jaws are literally locking, but it's just, I guess, the power of their jaws and the fact that they're shaking their head back and forth because pit bulls are another type of dog mixed with a terrier. Um, Let me go over here to ASPCA.org. Now, this particular article is called um, Position Statement on Pit Bulls. Um, they say that today's pit bull is a descendant of the original English bull baiting dog, a dog that was bred to bite and hold bulls, bears, and other large animals around the face and head. So that that's one of the pit bull's descendants, and that's what those dogs were bred to do. When baiting large animals was outlawed in the 1800s, people turned instead to fighting their dogs against each other. These larger, slower bull-baiting dogs were crossed with smaller, quicker terriers to produce a more agile and athletic dog for fighting other dogs. So you've got the English bull-baiting dog that gets crossbred with a terrier. So that's how you get um, today's modern-day pit bull. Um, it said it goes on to say some pit bulls were selected and bred for their fighting ability. That means that they may be more likely than other breeds to fight with dogs. It doesn't mean that they can't be around other dogs or that they're unpredictably aggressive. Other pit bulls were specifically bred for work and companionship. These dogs have long been popular family pets, noted for their gentleness, affection, and loyalty. And even those pit bulls bred to fight other animals were not prone to aggressiveness toward people. Dogs used for fighting needed to be routinely handled by people. 
Therefore, aggression toward people was not tolerated. Any dog that behaved aggressively toward a person was culled or killed to avoid passing on such undesirable traits. Now, see, this article is kind of um, going against the pit bull myths um, of the dogsfight.org because they said that that was a myth that they were uh, culled for being aggressive toward humans, meaning um, I had to kind of look that word up. It seems like those dogs, I guess they were like set apart, you know, from the other dogs and they weren't allowed to continue to breed because that wasn't a trait wanted. Um, some people were specifically breeding them to fight other dogs, but they did not want them to be aggressive toward humans. So they're just saying typically those type of dogs, when they noticed a trait where they were aggressive toward humans, you know, they either killed them or, like, separated them out and didn't let them mate with other dogs. Um, it is likely that the vast majority of pit bull-type dogs in our communities today are the result of random breeding, two dogs being mated without regard to behavioral traits being passed on to their offspring. The result of random breeding is a population of dogs with a wide range of behavioral disposition. For this reason, it is important to evaluate and treat each dog, no matter its breed as an individual. While a dog's genetics may predispose it to behave in certain ways, genetics do not exist in a vacuum. Rather, behavior develops through a complex interaction between environment and genetics. This is an especially important consideration when we look at an individual dog versus a breed. Many diverse and sometimes subtle factors influence the development of behavior, including but not limited to early nutrition, stress levels experienced by the mother during pregnancy, and even temperature in the womb. And when it comes to influencing the behavior of an individual dog, factors such as housing conditions and the history of social interactions play pivotal roles in the behavioral development. The factors that feed into the expression of behavior are so inextricably intertwined that it's usually impossible to point to any one specific influence that accounts for a dog becoming aggressive. This is why there is such variation that accounts for Okay, this is this is why there's such variation in behavior between individual dogs, even when they're when they are of the same breed and bred for the same purpose. Because of the impact of experience, the pit bulls specifically bred for generations to be aggressive may not fight with dogs, and the Labrador Retriever bred to be a service dog may be aggressive toward people. Now, I'll still read all of that off of ASPCA.org, and it's. It goes on for some time after that, but basically uh, they are saying that even though pit bulls were bred at one time to be dog aggressive, that doesn't automatically mean that they are going, if you get a pit bull puppy, it's going to go up to be aggressive toward other dogs. Um, But that is something that you need to consider because I found it very interesting that they were saying that they're really it's about how they're bred. And so with each dog that you are considering getting, you need to consider, you know, what they were bred to do. Um, like Dobermans, they, they were bred to be protectors. They they were used a lot in the military. Um, so that's something that you need to look into. Um, let's see, I have a couple of different articles. I didn't just want to stay on the pit bull. There's another one here. Um, it's called Let's Talk Rottweilers, and this article is 
let's see, about the reasons a Rottweiler attack can happen. Um, And these are some of the reasons that this author gives owners that actually train their dog to attack. So you do have those people out there who actually want to rear their dogs to do that. You have a lot of, you know, ignorant people out there who are still into dog fighting. So that could be one of the why they could attack. Um, Another reason is owners that have no idea they need to train their Rottweiler, owners that simply don't care about training or socializing, Um, backyard breeders and puppy mills that care only about money, owners that fail to teach children how to properly treat a dog, and pack mentality that some dogs get when there are two or more, and they usually haven't been properly trained. So based on um, a lot of the research that I was coming up with, it seems like socializing your dog is a very big deal, especially, you know, if you're getting them as a puppy, if um, as early as possible, if you can get them socialized, get them used to people, get them used to other animals, that's a very good thing. Um, Also, they even brought up the point about obedience training. So that may also be something you may want to look into if it's something that you can afford, getting them into a program where they are trained to, you know, obey orders um, that can give them some much-needed discipline. Um, Let's see here. This person also goes on to give examples of, um, let's see, a positive way to handle um, a Rottweiler if if you're thinking about getting one. Um, This person says, we purchased our first Rottweiler from what would be considered a backyard breeder, although we knew both parents and they were from excellent breeding. Both were registered with the American um, Kennel Society know, the American Kennel Club, and we knew both owners quite well. Savannah was an awesome dog, but early on I realized that I would need to train her extensively, knowing that she would likely outweigh me. We not only took her to puppy preschool, but continued her training throughout her entire life. We also socialized her with everything under the sun. So they made sure that they, this person went on to say that they socialized their um uh, Rottweiler with cats, cows, horses, chickens, children of every age, lots of different people, city environments, county environments, and even race cars because they live near a drag strip. And it said, she goes on to say, although she had a very protective nature, which is one of the distinctive Rottweiler traits, she was a very well-balanced and well-behaved dog. Two of her siblings, by comparison, were not. They were not neglected or abused in any way, but they also weren't properly trained and socialized either. The two of them living together developed a very strong pack mentality, and quite frankly, they were a little scared to be around, scary to be around. Coming from someone who's in love with dogs and Rottweilers in particular, the story above says that properly raising and training a Rottweiler, or any dog for that matter, is almost everything. So that's an example of something that you could do if you're thinking about adopting a puppy like that, like a Rottweiler, um, pit bull, some things you might want to look into, like getting them properly socialized. Um, let's see, I'm trying to make sure that I get to everything here. 
But basically, I I don't want to take a stance on it either way because I don't want to tell someone who's been a victim of a mauling that, hey, you know, it, it, it's nothing to worry about. You know, hey, you know, the, it, it wasn't that dog. Well, actually, in my, and this is just my opinion based on a lot of the research, in some ways there are a lot of things that can be avoided. Uh, some of it is on the owner because, for one thing, when you have a dog, a dog of any kind, because any dog can be aggressive, um, we want to make sure that we're clear on that because through my research I found that, you know, it's, it doesn't just have to be a Doberman. It doesn't just have to be a Rottweiler. Any dog has the potential to be aggressive. Any animal has the Even when I had Missy, because she wasn't properly socialized, we got her when she was just a couple of weeks old, and we didn't really have her around any other cats. Missy could be aggressive toward other people, and a lot of times when I have some of my younger nieces or nephews over, she would um, she would actually try to corner them, or she would corner them, and we'd have to, me and my husband would have to get her to come back, you know, and, and just, you know, leave them alone. And it probably was because she was protective of he and I, but she didn't really like when strangers came over. There were certain people that she wouldn't bother, and then there was some where she kind of do the hissing thing, but she was mainly, you know, she seemed aggressive toward children more. So I, I do know that the socialization thing is very real. Um, but as an owner, you also have to be responsible if you have a dog of any kind. If you're taking them out for a walk, you should definitely have them on a leash, and especially if you are the owner of a pit bull, um, and not trying to single out the pit bull, but just any dog, you should have them on a leash, and especially if you're going somewhere like a dog park where there are going to be other dogs, especially if you have a dog that is somewhat aggressive toward other dogs, you have to take that responsibility. Also, you need to have fencing. You should have your dog fenced in in your yard. You shouldn't just have dogs just wandering around because there are people in our neighborhood um, that actually have their dogs just wandering around on the street, and that's not a good thing. That's not a good situation for anybody, for the dog or somebody who just may be walking because we also have a lot of people who walk our neighborhood and, you know, they, they're just out there for exercise. Um, also be careful if you have small children, and this can apply to any dog, you know, having small children in a household, you know, sometimes children aggravate animals. You know, they can pull their tail. Sometimes, they, you know, they hit animals, and you just never know because any dog any, any or even a cat can lash out, so you just have to be careful um, regarding that. A lot of it is common sense. If if you are going to get a dog that has breeding for for a specific thing, like with pit bulls, a lot of times that is what they were bred for. I think you should just be careful when you're looking to um, get a dog. You should do your research and, and just find out what some of the traits are for that particular dog. Are they known to be more aggressive? Are are they this or are they, you know, you should just look into all of that. Um, a lot of the sites were, you know, seem to be very pro-pitbull and um, they seem to think that it is just more in the way they are reared. Um, you have a lot of pit bulls. You have a lot of um, dogs who unfortunately are from abusive backgrounds where they were used in dog fighting. They were, um, they were abused. Um, and then you also just have a lot of macho BS because I just noticed that there are a lot of guys, a lot of males who tend to think it is cool to have a vicious dog. They they think that that's, I don't know, it's some type of status symbol to have a 
pit bull or, or, or to have a, um, a Rottweiler and, and, and they want them to be mean and, and it's just like this thing because even coming up as a child, I remember hearing guys, just hearing them talk about that they would actually give their dog hot sauce in order to make it be aggressive because this was like the thing to do, you know, that this made you cool to have the meanest dog on the block. And I've also even heard things about, you know, people like rubber bands around their dog's tail and, and having it folded over so part of their tail so it would lose circulation and the tail would just fall off. I, I don't know what any of that, it's just all stupid, but there are just so many factors that go into it. And a lot of the time it is people. It, it is people. But basically, everybody, just do your research. I'm going to make sure that I put all of this stuff on our social media pages so you can actually check out the um, websites for yourself. You be the judge. Um, I'm not going to make this call for anybody. I would just say if you have young children, just be careful with any dog that you're going to get or any animal. Um, also, if you have smaller pets, especially if you're bringing an adult dog into a situation, if you're bringing in a puppy, that's probably better because you can socialize them and let them come up with your small children or with other pets. But if you, you're bringing in um, an adult dog, of course you want to be mindful of those types of situations. And, of course, don't leave young children unattended with any type of dog. Um, sorry if I rambled too much. I, I miss having Dee with me because I could kind of go back and forth with her. And also my throat is kind of about to give out. But I will be sure to put all of that on the um, website so you guys can check those out. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of The Missy Show. Remember, we are not airing next Saturday, but we will be back March 5th. You guys have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. Bye.